Praise God. Welcome to everyone today, and especially if you're a guest with us today, we welcome you. We are so glad to have you in service with us today. If it's your first or your second time, we invite you to stop by our welcome area in the back, and we've got a small token of appreciation to give you for being here today watching us online we welcome you wherever you may be today pray that you are blessed by this service in jesus name psalms 31 verse 15 and i just the next time i read a whole chapter and have you stand remember this time I want to read six words from chapter 15. My times are in thy hand. My times are in thy hand. Contemporary English version says it this way, my life is in your hands. The Good News translation says, I am always in your care. My times are in thy hand. My times are in thy hand. I want you to say that with me. My times are in thy hand. Say it again. My times are in thy hand. One more time because I think a couple of you are starting to believe it. My times are in thy hand. God, I thank you for your presence that is in this place today. We know that you are here. We know that you have already moved and worked in this place today. God, I pray now that you would continue ministering in this service and that you would minister now through your word, that your spirit would speak to hearts and lives here today, that you would let someone hear not a sermon but a message from you. I pray that you would give them the faith to receive what you would say today, Lord, that your word would be mixed with faith, that it might profit them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I trust you today, Father. I depend on you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I uh, just a, a moment of transparency here. I often battle with condemnation. With regards to my, I will use the more traditional religious word, even though I don't really like to, but with regards to my sermon preparation. I've been asked a couple of times by people, so so how long does it take you, or, or how do you prepare, or... I'm sure you must, you must have a whole day that you give every week to, to preparing your, your sermon. Of course, that's also from a traditional mindset because if you gotta give one day per sermon, and that's at least three days on the average week that I have to give to sermon preparation. But, but I often find that it's Saturday night or Sunday morning. When I finally not take the time to study, but feel, hear what it is I am supposed to preach. I've tried numerous times in my years of ministry when I did not feel any direction to get my computer. I got my computer out and I sat down or I flipped through notes that I had made or scriptures I had highlighted trying to find something. Because I knew I was going to have to preach. What I learned is 
Usually when I end up with absolutely no direction, that's because in that service God had other things in mind and I wasn't going to preach, so I really regretted the times that I still formulated something to preach because I could have spent that time doing something else. So I I often, I, I usually don't give a time frame as to when I get my messages because I don't want you or some other very astute religious people to look down on me because I am such a procrastinator. I, but I don't know what else to do. I, I sort of envy these people that have their sermons mapped out for weeks in advance. I, 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 it must be nice. It must be nice, but I've been doing this long enough to realize I think I've found what works for me, and I've got to just accept what works for me. So I say all that to tell you this came from just a couple of days ago. I believe I mentioned way back in June (laughs) when the shooting took place at the Capitol Gazette. That is the same building that I go to for my dentist. And the Monday of that week, I had been at the dentist office getting some fillings. And so obviously, I do not equate that to being anything near being in the building that day. But it is a, it's sort of a surreal feeling. At least it is to me when something like that happens and you have been there or you go there. I'm not sure how many of you remember years ago, probably 10 plus years ago, I think now that there was a hotel, I believe it was a Marriott in Pakistan that they drove a vehicle into and set off a bomb and there was major damage. I had not too long before that been in that hotel with the missionary and my dad eating at a restaurant in that hotel. And so it's a, it's just a weird feeling to me. I, I had been in the airport in Japan the day before the tsunami blew through and did all of the damage. And so it's it just kind of odd. And I, I don't want, I'm, I'm happy with that being the extent. <laughs> I'm not envious that I'm not in the actual situation. I'm good. But it's just kind of an odd feeling. And so anyway, I hate to tell you I'm halfway through getting all the fillings in my mouth I need to get dealt with. And as I continue popping candy in my mouth, my wife gives me that eye. Oh, well. And so I was there this week. When I went to check out at the end, I was sitting in there and they you, you get done in the chair, and then the way they do it in this particular office is you actually go in and you sit down in this in this other office, and, and you don't just, like, pass by a checkout place and move on. I was sitting there, and as the lady was taking care of my stuff, something somewhere sounded like, kind of sounded like the floor above us. Somebody dropped something, and there was a fairly loud thud. And you could see her sort of instantly tense up. And she looked at me and she said, that was weird, wasn't it? I said, yes, ma'am. And all on her own, no prodding, no prompting for me, she began to share her experience of that day. She was sitting in the office and heard the first shot go off. You know, I think we all have this false perception from the movies that we know exactly what gunfire sounds like, and my understanding is usually in a live setting it's not quite like the movies. So she heard the first shot and thought it was odd, and then she started to hear more, and she got up and went to the door and kind of looked around, trying to hear, figure out what was going on, wasn't able to see or recognize what was happening, and She went back in and she called the manager of the building and he had left and was on his way to an appointment and could not come back. And and, uh, so he offered to call a lady who worked in the building. I, I think the way she described it sounded like kind of a janitorial type job. 
And so he offered to call her, and so he called her, and, 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 and so come to find out, she was normally leaving the building about that time that the shooter came in. But she said for kind of some odd reason, she was just kind of taking her time that day. And was on like the third or fourth floor. She also said, the lady checking me out, that normally, or that it is her job to go get the mail. And normally that's the time of day that she goes to get the mail. But because they had sent a patient to her who was checking out, she was delayed in going to get the mail. And she communicated to me that she had confidence before that God was in control. But needless to say, her confidence was even greater now that God is in control. She said she told the man, the manager, a couple of days later, the first time that she saw him, Asked, I think she said she asked him if he felt bad that he wasn't there. And she communicated to him, don't feel bad that you weren't here. God obviously did not want you here. And in that moment, the scripture quickened to my mind, my times. My times are in your hands. Acts 17 and 26 says this, And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. The New Living Translation says it this way, From one man, not from one monkey, from one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall and he determined their boundaries. Believe what you want to believe. Have whatever opinion you want to have. But go back through history and read the rise and the fall of empires and nations throughout the history of the world. And I declare to you today without hesitation that that was orchestrated orchestrated by the one who decided their times beforehand. And it wasn't coincidence, it wasn't an accident, it wasn't a chance, but God in His divine plan said, this is when you will rise and this is when you will fall, because not only individually but collectively, our times are in His hands. My times are in His hands. Coincidence? Chance? Accident? No. No. Your times. Your times are in His hands. If we had the time and the ability today to go through every individual that's in this place, through every circumstance and situation that took place in your lifetime to get you to the seat you're sitting on right now, you may think it was a bunch of chance and accident, but I've come to tell you today, your times have been in His hands. Some of you got here by what seemed to be a chance meeting in a restaurant or in a mall or someplace else. It just seemed to be a coincidence. But God had your times in His hands. Sometimes I think about, just for me personally, in, 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 in the context of my, my spouse, 
my wonderful wife who is on the opposite side of the country today, much to my dismay. I don't, I don't understand couples that feel like they need to get a break from each other every now and then. I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I've heard them. I've heard people in this church, well, we just, every now and then, we need a few days apart. I don't get that. That's like saying, well, I need a break a few days from my arm. I need a break a few days from my leg. If that's the way you feel about your marriage, excuse me for saying it this plainly, you've got a broke relationship. This is not in the notes for sure. The reason why I wish I wrote out all my messages and stuck with the notes, I'd be in a lot less trouble probably. I'm not telling you that my wife and I don't get on each other's nerves or cross each other. I'm not saying that. But I don't know how I ha- how you ever need a break from your other half. Well, I think I may have lost one or two of you for the rest of the message, so go ahead and get a jump on your afternoon nap. <laughs> I think about, I, I just last weekend after the conference in Mississippi, I, we went down to Gulfport, Mississippi, tried to get a couple of days of rest and and Gulfport was on the coast of, it's on the Gulf of Mexico, and so I just, you know, I thought city on the Gulf of Mexico must be a great tourist attraction with lots of great things to do, and found out quite the, quite the opposite. But what I did get a great, and I wouldn't trade it, maybe for some of you it would be absolutely no big deal for you, but I got to... I got to go by a little church that my grandparents were responsible for helping to build and pastor, and I got to see that building. And as I said Thursday night, my kids, my kids are fifth generation Pentecostal apostolic. And, 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 and I think about that. I think about my mother and my dad and both being born one, or both being born in, in Florida, but my mother being raised in Mississippi, my dad being raised all over the country with my grandfather being in the military. And, and, and one day he just happened to get him at the right place at the right time in the right place to see my mother sitting on the piano. They end up getting married, finally come back to, or come to Maryland to build a church and man that was in this church that worked at the Capitol newspaper witnessed to another man that worked there who ended up coming to church in 1980 and bringing his three daughters with him. And now 26 years later, my wife and I have been in a relationship because our times... Two people from the south end up in the north. I know we're not all the way north, but we ain't the south. I know how I just said that, but that's where my roots are. So I'm a Marylander, but I, I, I've come to embrace and be thankful. There's a lot of reasons I'm thankful for my roots, but one, at the, it's not the top of the list, but close to the top. One of the reasons I am so thankful for my southern roots is the food that I have been able to experience in my life. (laughs) My mother, what a wonderful mother I have been blessed with. I think she might be watching, but uh, she, she is so kind and gracious. Timothy and I are, we're on our own for 10 days and, uh, I, I I do know how to grill meat and I do know how to smoke some meat, but beyond that, that's the extent of my, you know, I, I don't do vegetables. I do know how to operate the toaster, um, but that, that's it. I don't scramble eggs. I don't do all of that. I don't, I've never tried. I have no intent to try. My wife does it so wonderfully. I don't know why I need to know how to do it. <laughs> See if I can get a few more of you mad at me. Some of the women's libbers here. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but I don't take it back. (laughs) 
And my mother offered, has offered as much as she can to provide some dinners for us. And, and so Thursday she was cooking and she said, I, I'm sorry, I, 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 I gotta, I gotta throw a casserole together today, but, but we'll have a good southern meal on Saturday. Oh, man. We had fried steak. Fried okra. Mashed potatoes. Green beans. And genuine southern sweet tea. Oh, Lord. You know what? This man, I'm I, I need to qualify. I am in the flesh for the next moment. Absolutely in the flesh. We all hopefully we all going to heaven together. You're gonna end you gotta die one day. You gotta die, or you either gotta die or get raptured. I don't know about you, but I made up my mind I'm gonna enjoy the trip. I feel so bad for some of you. You're, you're, you're. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna stop. Right, I'm gonna try my best because I, uh, I know I'm gonna cross some ideas there. So let me get back. But my times, my times. A lot of coincidence that paths cross. It's not a coincidence that I end up where I am and you end up where you are. My times, your times are in His hands. John chapter 7 and verse number 1 says, After these things Jesus walked in Galilee, for He would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill Him. Verse number 6, Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. And then skipping down to verse 30, Then they sought to take Him, but no man laid hands on Him, because His hour was not yet come. His time was not yet come. So it didn't matter what they wanted to do. It didn't matter what their plans were. It did not matter what they plotted. They could not put their hands on Him because His time had not yet come. Jesus says to Satan, God says to Satan, what, what's going on? Well, I've been just going to and fro in the earth and trying to find somebody to mess with. God says, have you, have you thought about? Have you thought about Job? Well, no, but... I can't do anything with him anyway because you have a hedge around him. And I can't touch him. But if you let me touch him, you'd find out. The only reason he serves you is because what you do for him. So God says, I'll tell you what, I'll move the first hedge. And I will let you touch his stuff. But you can't touch him, and you can't touch his life. You can't take his life. Job chapter 1 records the worst day of worst days. As Job loses all of his possessions all of his children, and the only thing he's left with is a wife who doesn't turn out to appear to be a very supportive wife. And the Bible says Job fell down and worshipped. And then he made this statement, and most of us can make the first part of the statement, the Lord giveth. But then Job said, the Lord taketh away 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most of us don't have trouble with dancing and shouting when the Lord giveth. But if you can trust the Lord to give, you should also be able to trust the Lord to take. So Satan comes back and says, You won't let me touch his body. If you just let me touch him. God says, I tell you what. You can touch his body, but you still can't take his life. And he finds himself, his body covered in boils. and He's scraping them just to try to find relief. He's got dogs licking them just to try to find relief. And yet after all of that, he still does not curse God. That tells me that if you are a child of God, there are three fences that surround you. There is a fence around your possessions, there's a fence around your body, and there's a fence around your life. And if the enemy is touching any of those things, it's because God, not because the devil, but God has said, I will allow you to do this. See, he says in verse 30, or John said in verse 30, they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. If we go to John chapter 20, or John chapter 12 and verse number 27, Jesus says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. John 13 and verse 1, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. At first, they sought to take Him, but could not, because... His hour was not yet come, and His time was in His hands. But now it changes. I'm sure, you see, the problem is every coin has two sides. We like the first side. They tried to take him, but it wasn't time, and they couldn't lay hands on him. But that's one side to the coin. The other side is, it's now time. I'm sure that you have all read in the, uh, the uh, Currency Code of the United States, Article 25, Section 3, Paragraph A, be it resolved that the side of the coin bearing the image of a notable historical fixture, fiction, notable historical character shall be known as heads. And the other side bearing the great seal of the United States, a historical monument, a symbolism of a state, or such the like shall be known as tails. Heads or tails, it's the same coin. Heads or tails, it's the same coin. Well, that's great for that lady in that dentist office to say all she said about her and others. But what about those that were down in that office and lost their lives that day? We don't like 
this side of the coin, but my times are in his hands. You can't decide to trust that all the good things about your times being in his hands are true and then doubt and accuse him because bad things happen and then you say, I thought you said my times were in your hands. They are. And Paul explains it this way. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Heads, my times are in his hands. Tails, my times are in his hands. You avoided that accident because of delay? Your times were in his hands. You ended up in that accident that day. Your times were in his hands. Only a couple of weeks ago, Such a great tragedy of the duck boat in the Midwest that sank and I forget how many people, 17 people lost their lives. Well, we know know that those 17 people were all reprobates and sinners. And far from God, because that's the only way such a tragedy like that would ever happen to somebody is because God is just so mad at them, that's His punishment. Sister Kiara was in Australia on her AYC trip. And a young man, correct? A young man was on her trip. Had to come home early, right? Or he waited, I'm sorry. But a young man that was on her trip was related to a family who was on that boat. And a whole family, or a portion, a large portion of a family, lost their lives. They were an apostolic family. In fact, the way I read the story, there was some people, I don't know if it was them or not, but there was some people that were not supposed to be on that boat. But they were taking the photo, the group photo that they take when you load a boat or do things like that at a tourist site. And because of the photo, they got delayed and put on the next boat. Whoever should have been on that boat and didn't get on it, their times were in his hands. And whoever got on that boat, whether planned or not, their times were in his hands. You've heard and I've heard the stories of those that should have been in the Twin Towers on 9-11. People that worked there every day of the week and they were supposed to have been there, but some kind of coincidence prevented them that day. Well, their times were in his hands. But everybody else that lost their life that day, we know their times were just random. Coincidence. No. What we call good or what we call bad. My times are in his hands. Oh, hallelujah sit here today, many of you've got things in your life that you regret, that you have pain from, that you wish never have happened. I tell you today, as hard as it may have been, as horrible as it may have been to go through, your times were in His hands. If He decided to allow it to happen, that's because He knew that in the plan and the purpose He had for you, that was something that was necessary for you you can't just shout and dance about the good things that your times are in his hands but you've got to shout and dance 
Maybe not right away. <laughs> but you got to be thankful for what you call bad. The sad thing is some of the things we consider the greatest blessings in our lives are some of the greatest curses we've ever had. And some of the things that we have labeled the greatest curses in our lives are some of the absolute greatest blessings. Because there are things that we consider to be our blessings that pull us away from God and pull us away from the body of Christ. And we think that's a blessing. And then there are things that have driven us closer to God and given us a greater attachment to the body of Christ that were painful to go through. But what a blessing when it gets us to the place that we need to be in the position that we need to be in oh god i wish somehow i i I wish that everyone i wish that everyone but i guess i'll I'll be a little more uh, pessimistic than that i i wish somehow that at least some folks would get up today and when you walk out of the doors of this sanctuary you would look back on the previous parts of your life and then you would begin to look forward to your future with the absolute certainty there is nothing that has taken place in my life that was out of his hand I know some of you sitting here today some of your stories I know a few of you sitting here today in some of your stories. And I can understand if you're sitting there wrestling in your mind and your spirit with what I'm preaching today. There is not a moment, there is not an occurrence in your life that has taken place that was out of his hand. Well, preacher, what about all the things that I've done? What about the decisions I made? What about the things that I've done that have caused the pain and the problems and the difficulty? What about those things? I'll tell you what about them. God's plan, God's ways are so superior to yours That beforehand, he knew the dumb stuff. I was, uh, he he knew the the absolute dumb stuff you were going to do, and in advance, his plan, his purpose, his will for your life incorporated all of that. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Some of you, don't don't do it now. It's too late. But some of you ought to be running and dancing and shouting. Because some of you come in week after week carrying the burden of the mistakes and the failures of your past. Your time was... In his hand. What, what do you mean, brother? Right? Even before I ever acknowledged him, even before I was ever born again, I don't know, seems like I recall the scripture saying something like this. In due time, while we were yet sinners, before we deserved it, before we were worthy, before we ever acknowledged it and ever did any, ever made any decisions to take the benefit of it, before that Christ died for us. If He would lay down His life for you while you were a sinner, you think He can't incorporate the failures and mistakes of your past? Well, here we go. Let's, let's, let's go to the next step. Well, yeah, but that was when I was a sinner. What about after I was born again? What about after I was born again and, 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 and I, I made mistakes? What about then? I'll tell you about then. I, I, I'll tell you about then. Come here, Brother Isaac. Help me out for a second. Y'all all right? I wasn't here last week. I heard y'all, y'all 
Y'all had good service, good preaching, but I, I got lost time to make up for, so hang with me. Jesus and the disciples are on their way into Philippi. Or, yeah, Philippi, Brother Cornwell preached these verses a couple of weeks ago. He says to his disciples, who do men say that I am? Well, some Elias, some Jeremiah, some, some John the Baptist, I'm a great prophet. Who do you say that I am? Oh, Peter. Peter perks up. Oh, I know who you are. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He says, you didn't get that revelation on your own. You got that revelation from the Father. But I got something I want to give you. I'm going to give you the keys. The keys, not to the shed. Not the keys to the janitorial closet. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. You see, Peter is in this moment. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus had already been to this moment. Hey, Peter, you're one of his. No, I'm not. Yeah, I recognize you. You're one of his followers. Followers. Oh, not me. No way. One of them finally says, "Yeah, the way you talk gives you away. You're one." He, the Bible says he swears and says, "I am not one of his followers." The moment Jesus gave him the keys. He already knew this moment. Notice a few things that did not happen. He did not come to Peter and say, You know what, Peter? I really blew it. Give me them keys back. I gave them to the wrong guy. He... He didn't come back to Peter and say, my bad. He gave him the keys and he left the keys with him. Neither, neither, neither did he say, you know what? Once he gets through that denial and once he repents, and gets all over that stuff from the past, then I'll give him the keys. He's, oh, Peter's standing around that fire when they're accusing him of being with Jesus. And while he's denying Jesus, there's keys jingling in his pocket. Thank you. There's keys. There's keys that are in his pocket. I don't know. I don't know how much you've told the story to the folks in CR. And I'm hoping one day we'll get you guys to share your story here. But how, how absolutely amazing is it that God has positioned you to be the leader of Celebrate. There's people here have no idea. There's a bunch of people that have no idea what your story is. Even back then, your times. Your times are not just in His hands when you're at an altar of repentance, but even when you are making your mistakes, your times were in His hands. (laughs) 
Acts chapter 27 verse 20, and when, not, when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. In the midst of this storm, in the midst of what's about to be shipwreck, I encourage you to be of good cheer. Because there will be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Heads, nobody's going to lose their life. Tails, this ship is going down. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am. If you are worried or fearing about your future, then the issue is probably an ownership problem. Because when I know who owns me, I trust what the one that owns me says. And he said, nobody's going to lose their life. And so you can count on it. Nobody's going to lose their life. Saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And God, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. You stand. Sit here today and there are places that God has determined you will be brought to. And nothing, nothing, Paul said, neither life nor death. Things present or things to come. Principalities, power. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Can I say it this way? Nothing can separate us from the purpose of God. If we so choose. Saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe, God, that it shall be even as I was told. And because my times, my times are in his hand. We almost died in a shipwreck. We were going down. There was no way we were going to get saved. It was over with. But the angel of the Lord told me nobody was going to lose their life. And guess what? It happened just the way the Lord said it was going to happen. Nobody lost their life. Heads. Heads. But the same one that had confidence in what the angel of the Lord said in spite of the circumstances is the same one that knew the other side of the coin. And he says to Timothy, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And at that moment, Paul understood my times are in his hand. And while I was on that ship, it wasn't my time to go yet. But now, it's my time. And I'm going to have to lay my life down. And he's not going to rescue me this time. He's not going to deliver me this time because the same one that had my times in his hands when things went the way I wanted them to go is the same one that has my times in His hand when things go different than the way I want them to go. Proverbs 3 and verse 5, Trust, excuse me, Psalms one, or Psalms 118 and verse 9, verse 8, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. 
It is better to trust in the Lord than put than to put confidence in princes. If you're here today trusting the Republicans, God have mercy. If you're here today trusting the Democrats, God have mercy. If you've got some kind of ray of hope in some independent somewhere, God have mercy. But if you got your trust in the Lord, He beforehand sets the times. Proverbs 3 and 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths, because your times are in His hands. Proverbs 29 and 25, The fear of man bringeth a snare. But who so putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. My times, my times, my times are in his hand. Job said, I looked for him in front of me. I couldn't find him. I went behind me and I couldn't find him there either. He said, I looked on the left hand where he was working and I couldn't find him. I looked on the right hand and he wasn't there either. I looked everywhere I knew to look and I couldn't find him. And he threw in the towel and said, I'm done. It's all over. His response was not, Where are you, God? Why have you abandoned me? I thought you were a good, loving God. No. His response was this, But He knows. He knows the way that I take. He knows the way that I take because my times, my times are in His hands. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I don't ever do it. I don't ever do it, not purposely. But I can tell you, I definitely have not come today to try to figure out some nice little sermon to preach you, to somehow encourage you a little bit and make you feel better. But I believe I've come today with a message from the Lord for somebody in this place. Not a sermon, but a message from God. Johanna, I promise you I would never do anything purposely to embarrass you. Can I just tell you, His, your times, every single moment of your times have been in His hands. I don't care what anybody else tells you. I don't care what the devil tries to tell you. Your times, every single second, have been and are in His hands. Claudia, every single second, every single moment, every single one have been in His hands. Every single one Your times, your times are 
in His hands. Thank God my flesh does, Brother Barr. My flesh thanks God for the days it comes up heads. Woo! Thank you, Lord, for those days when it's the good thing. I called heads and it was heads. Hallelujah! But I'm preaching to some folks today that the coin has landed on heads a few times. But I'm preaching to some people today that you're dealing with all the times that it's come up tails. And your times have been no less in His hands in those moments as they have been in the good moments. Oh, I'm not saying this based on an emotion or necessarily a feeling, but the presence of the Lord is in this place right now. I, 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 may, I may do it differently in a moment, but right now, right where you're sitting, right where you are, just open your spirit to him right now would you just open your heart to him right now would you let him come alongside you and give you the personal reassurance that your times have always been in his hands I'm not going to give an altar call right now but I ask some of you some of you are already doing it but if the Lord is not directly talking to you right now would you be sensitive to the leading of His Spirit because there are some people in this sanctuary right now that God wants to bring a revelation to today no matter what the circumstances have been, no matter what the situations have been, your times have always been in His hands. Oh, my, 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 the Holy Ghost is in this place. The Holy Ghost is in this place. The Holy Ghost is in this place. When our backs were against the wall And it looked as oh, if it was over my, 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 my. Somebody's going to leave different than they came in Somebody's going to leave different today only because Simply because they're going to leave With the assurance that their times have been in God's hands. To cause walls to fall with your power. It's not just the moment you were on the mountaintop that your times were in His hands. It's not just in the middle of your greatest victories that your times were in His hands. In the valley, in the midst of failure, in the midst of struggles, your times have always been in His hands. is impossible and we're standing here oh, because only because you made, you made a way you moved up to you made a way even when I didn't see it you were making a way even when it didn't feel like it you were making a way even when I couldn't find you you knew where I was because my life is in Only your hands you made away Kaya Rakam. Yeah. 
la mando robosa la ramanda la más
wherever you need to go, you're welcome to go. Please be mindful of those around you that the Holy Ghost is still ministering to. If you need to go, God bless you, but please, please be mindful of those that the Lord is still working on, working in.